welcome along to the 100th episode of LOI Weekly, the 21st of Season 3, and we're celebrating this, which we will tell you about shortly with a few gifts. It's myself, Johnny Ward, Daniel McDonald, alongside Keith Andrews and Kevin Kilban, both of whom are coming in very shortly. We're on Podcast Republic, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, at LOI Weekly on Twitter. As part of our celebration, we will have a special prize of, we can't say the prize, can we? Two Air Sport box tickets to Ireland and Switzerland for the best review on iTunes. Hell of a prize. That's on Apple Podcasts. Referencing your favourite moment or moments over the 100th over the 100 episodes and we'll announce the winner on Twitter this Friday not a bad prize Dan yeah what was your favourite moment of the 100 episodes be John the start Why? the promise that was ultimately unfulfilled you know really when, I know no um, just a, um, not getting the two tickets anyway no um, <laughs> I think I should get the prize <laughs> uh, don't know yeah. don't know I think the fact that we're still here is at least something 100, anyway 100 not out yeah. 100 not out yet. Yeah, although we were out last night. Uh, After your presenting debut, John. Yeah. That, that was that was a momentous moment, presenting on Air Sport. Uh, yeah, fair play to um, Air Sport for giving me the chance, but uh, I have to say the team you're working with are just class. Like You, you don't feel um, any way out of place because they're just so good to deal with, from yeah. Con Murphy to Pat to just the two lads I was with. And, um and fairness is and all the production staff and all the production staff no it was there you're obviously a bit raw doing something like that it was just a shame that the game was so flat you know you just think of I watched the game from the gantry which I'd never done before brilliant view of the game and you're just you're looking at the stand and I'd say for the Bose Rovers game when Mandrew scored it must have been an amazing buzz what just wasn't last night it was very flat and it was a bad game these Monday games have um, disaster you know, it's a recurring team. Anyone who listens to this regularly doesn't need to hear the same debate, the same discussion again. But like when you've had two games, two teams there last night who on Friday, like one went to Cork and won four one. One had the exhilaration of a ninety third minute winner down in Waterford. It's just hard to lift it three days later. You know, I was there last night, maybe a couple of people who don't necessarily always go regularly. And like yeah. there's no Mandrew, um and I know he he was injured, but I'm thinking, you know, the fixture schedule is contributing to these injuries or maybe just not quite resting lads, but you know, just not overdoing it with lads that sitting out a few games and so on. So, um yeah, it's not it's not great value entertainment for people really. Um but you know, there we go. I mean, the flip side of that is, I mean, I was in Tala on Friday for um, what was a, a a great occasion, I guess. Not not necessarily like a classic game, but an absorbing it, game. It was absorbing, probably because of the teams involved, because of the setting. You know, it was like five thousand people there. It really mattered. It meant something. You had storylines and 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 drama and discussion and talking points and maybe a lot of things that you didn't have, um, didn't have from last night, but. Yeah, and also a, a decisive step. I actually think one of my favourite moments across the 100 episodes is, is John's predictions. They're gone now anyway, aren't they? They're, they're, we, we just, we just, we've moved on. From Here's one them. for you. Is because 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 last last Friday night, Tala, we did have a banner in the away section, yeah. which might possibly have been aimed roughly in your direction. Yeah, that's when you've really made it as yeah. a as a, as an influencer, John. Mm. Um. <laughs> Is it a slightly? Just, you always try and move on from this discussion. Is it a slightly disappointing Rovers crowd at that game? When you think Dundalk had a huge crowd, like Rovers, like with such a big fan base in terms of traditional fan base for a massive game. Say if there were three and a half thousand Rovers fans at that game, give or take. I know there was more than four, that because a lot of neutrals. I think I think there was okay, yeah, it, yeah, there it, was neutrals there. But what is the Rovers fan base? I'm just wondering because that was a huge game. Like that was like a game to decide their season. In some respects, you think there should be a beautiful night of football Friday night. 
granted it was on TV, but do you think they should not have like more fans than that for a game of that magnitude? Cork would have had, say, seven, 8,000 at that game. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 it's just interesting. I don't know what the Rovers fan base actually is because they've moved around so much and they've so many dormant fans. Yeah. Um, that's a fair... I, I actually don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of people, I, I think, who, who, who just go to Tal. I know a couple of people who live in the sort of you know, South Dublin area. I know it's, I know we say Tal is hard to get there, but the more people who might drive there, like people live in sort of Ballyboden and that neck of the woods who who would go along casually to to Tala. But I guess I, I don't know what their fan I mean, their fan base is like you know, you look at games this season against say Derry, actually early in the season and a couple of games where their crowds have actually still been pretty good mm. without necessarily like a, a monster travelling support. They're playing great football as well. Like they're like, very enjoyable to like watch. I would have thought I don't know. I mean I haven't thought about it in, in detail. I've I've gone to a couple of games and had it not working and actually one thing that strikes me is you, you like you sort of wander around the ground a bit and there is like like a lot of people there with their kids or a lot of like uh people not born in Ireland as well who definitely go along to, to, to have, I suppose they, they count as Rovers fans now if you go regularly enough they're the casual Floating fans, um, but I, I don't know. Like there was five thousand people there, around nine hundred travelling fans. I think they would have liked to have more away fans, but I think there was restrictions placed on that. It might have been Gardy or maybe whatever it happened. So you, you could have had more people in the ground then, you know. And you're not that. I'd like. To, I think five ain't bad, you know. I, it's not I think, bad. No, it's just. I, I, I don't sometimes know. Like, I wonder how ideal Tala is in terms of location. Ah, yeah, but it, compared to Dalymount, for example, now they, they didn't have an option of a site in the middle of the city centre. But um, it probably does hold them back a bit that they're in Dublin twenty four or whatever. No, it's just it's just a different demographic to Dalymount. Mm. What it doesn't what what they can't necessarily attract is you know Bows can get people who are in Dublin for the weekend who like see ten minutes from the city centre go to the match and have a few drinks and stuff. It's hard to like go to Tala and have a you know have a few points like it's not necessarily that Friday night experience because of the distance that's what it holds them back but the flip side of that is there's a lot of families and stuff you know there's good car parking facilities around you know there's a lot of people who can who on a summer's evening last week I know from speaking to people who were very much like this was something they were going to do it was a good thing to bring the kids to a good facility a safe facility um you know with all the right facilities that you need. Obviously, they heard so, Vinnie Perk being abused apparently on Friday night. Something yeah, like that, I was, was a bit what did you make of that actually? Because I I, I, I don't know. I wasn't working. I'm, yeah. I'm, I wasn't working at the game, so I wasn't in the press box, and it seemed to be a bit of activity that was going on around that area. Uh, like I, I, I never, I don't, I don't take a po-faced approach to this stuff. Like you know, we we need a bit of rivalry and a bit of spice. I mean, Stephen Bradley had a couple of comments afterwards that have provoked debate, you know, suggesting that Sean Gannon was Dundalk's only threat. I'm not sure that he meant it in the way that it came across, um, suggesting that he was their only threat in discussions before the game. Um, I mean, during the game, I think Gannon was possibly, you know, the major Dundalk threat, and that's fair enough, but... He got to, man of the match to, again. To, su- to suggest that he, he, beforehand, I'm not sure if it, if it meant to come across that way. And obviously, Bradley, uh, in the aftermath of a game... Um, you know he's he's hurting because actually we've had debates in recent weeks about Rovers are they all that you know and actually you look at them on Friday and you would think yeah actually they're they are a proper side now that's really improved this year there is Lots no the there, coming in as there well. is no doubt about that um yet at the same time the sum total is they lost at home to one point from six games against your two rivals and they drew against Derry at home in their last game yeah um, and I, I think you know you one of the ingre- a lot of it goes down to Aaron Green just not scoring goals. Yeah, unfortunately, like. but, but it does. But like, I think the the ingredients of a title winning team is that you have that clinical, you know, cutthroat approach, that ability to win games, uh, 
in a manner that maybe you shouldn't, you know, and uh, and, and that's why yeah, the knock weren't great on Friday at all. And like we were talking about, you know, they've won thirteen and fourteen now. And I do still feel that like they can they can be better than what they've been. Oh, they and didn't yet they've won, well on Friday, yet they've won thirteen and fourteen. One thing and, on Sean Gannon, um, not. Well, no, no, let's no, finish my point. Yeah. Just um, that. Yeah, it is. It will be slightly worrying from the debate, from the perspective of the wider league debate that, like that, you know, Dundalk can play purely by their standards away to their the next best team in the league and still win. You know, like you, you, you would like to think that almost a performance like that would be punished if there was a sufficient quality of team challenging them. Um, and Rovers just didn't do that, and just I think that could. I, I I think Rovers will pick up a lot of points between now and the end of the season. So Friday, I think we'll probably come back and and haunt them. I do I do have sympathy for Rovers in that when they played Bowes and Tala earlier in the season, they hit the crossbar at nil all last uh, and the game Friday night hit the crossbar at nil all. Gary Rogers, to my mind, should have been sent off. You could argue now that the case that uh, Trevor Clark. Yeah, we're not going to go around about it. But Rovers' big decisions yeah. have consistently gone against Rovers in these big games, but just on Sean Gannon... Well, I, I would say, I mean, yeah, they, 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 I wouldn't build that narrative too much. Like, they, they've had some decisions uh, have gone against I, them. I, I, I don't know, no. The dog should have had a penalty in the 90th minute and Tala in the nil all early on in the season. It was a stonewall penalty. Like, it was just a really bad decision, you know. And on Friday night, there was questionable decisions early on, too. I see what you're saying, uh, but look, some of the other decisions that have gone against Rovers, there was self-inflicted mistakes All the red well. cards against Bowes were probably debatable. <laughs> All the red cards. They, they three yeah, red cards Yeah, but I, I, don't think, I don't think they've been robbed this year. You know, I don't think they've been robbed. You'd, you'd want to have attended every one of their games and you know, conducted an analysis of every decision in every mm. game. I don't know. I, I don't think that that's... Like I, I would hope that they're not thinking that way in terms of analysing their season I, so far. I, I think Rovers will come out of that game on Friday and say, OK, if we won this game, we'd fancy ourselves, but let's just see, see where we're at. We're going into Europe now. And they'd be very confident of doing something in Europe. They played so well. like They were much the better team for much of the game, but just getting back to Sean Gannon, I've never seen a guy grow into his role in a team like he has. He was remonstrating with his teammates several times, demanding more from them. And then he gets the crucial goal as well. And for a right back... Like I don't think I think we're only now appreciating what a, and you were saying to me last night could end up being like a, the most record league winner in Ireland potentially. Well, he's got a chance. I mean, I don't. I I I would suggest that that maybe his time to go overseas might have passed. Although actually, I doubt he cares. I, I, I like in, in some respects, I think they they look at age. Like I think there's a bit of interest now. Say, I think AFC Wimbledon are interested in Andy Lyons now, for example, and. Uh, because he's 18, 19, I think Lyons has got a great chance of being a really good player, but naturally his age is a big factor. But clubs might look at Gannon and go, well, you know, he's, he's what, he's 28 this year, I think. Uh, but actually, I think he, he, he would provide a, like a ready-made service that would be good enough for teams at a good level. But notwithstanding that, you are right, he's on, he's on six league wins at the moment. I think you could debate over the first one at Rovers. I think he made one appearance I'm not sure if that really counts, but the other five certainly count. If he gets another one this year, I think seven is the record. Um, and you would think, you know, if he spends the next four or five years with Dundalk, are they going to win two or three leagues in that time? I would say on budget, uh, that's probably a fair enough estimation of what, what he could do. So um, Is the league over? Um, I don't think it's completely over. Um, Derry have to get something off Dundalk on Friday. I, I just find it hard to see. I mean... I suppose Dundalk either have to lose three, you know, and that's and, and that scenario that's Rovers winning every game. 
like every match, right? So you think if what well, can the dog lose three, draw a couple of games, but the Rovers need a perfect run. I think Rovers have lost six games now. It's very hard to win, like to like to win it to, to win a league, you know, losing any more than that. And I mean, what the dog have lost twice. That was early in the season. They've lost twice. Mm. Like, you know, Rovers have to win an Oriel. That's that's an absolute cert, you know, in the sense that I don't see any permutation where they can win it without taking control of that match themselves. With all and and that's the problem. They haven't, they haven't, they haven't shaped. They're like they're looking for snookers now. You mm. know, I mean, they're looking on favours. A lot and of the, 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 the best scenario for Rovers now is that the dog actually, in a strange way, do well in Europe. Oh, definitely. If they do well definitely. in Europe, then there's a possible ability there to and you're presuming that Rovers go out and I'm not saying that, I'm assuming that but you've a chance to close the gap and then they have games in hand and then there's a fixture congestion but like Dundalk unfortunately like the one thing I would say about that John sorry is that you know as the season goes on like there's a lot of big issues here being resolved Europe is the one interesting race um just like, you'd be a bit worried that in the, in the last third of the season you're going to have a lot of teams with nothing ready to play for at times. Well, at the moment, you look at the table now, a lot of things look like they're almost preordained. A lot of things, like Europe almost looks like you could nearly predict confidently enough the I, I think four. Europe, no, Europe is the one that's 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 up for grabs. because The way Pats are playing, they're, they're going to struggle to catch Derry. Yeah, but I think Europe is the one thing. Please, John, we need to talk about it. We need to do 100... You know, ten more pots, fifteen more pots this year. I was just I Europe was, is the one that we have a chance because you don't know who's going to win the cup. Like UCD you, are going to make signings as well, and I think like they're certainly they're not without hope at all of catching Harps if they improve. I know yeah. things are bad, but no. like if they bring players in, just one thing on UCD. Interest from Collie O'Neill. He wouldn't shake hands with um, Harry Kenny after the game on Friday night, and I queried it and I found his program notes. He basically accused Pats of tapping up one of his players and doing it completely incorrectly, and he wouldn't shake hands with him after the game. Right. So it was quite interesting, right. um, but. But obviously he's reacted from the defeat uh, last night. We'll get through the results quickly now by uh, basically saying I think they're signing two players. Cause Jack Keeney and Liam Carrigan from Sligo are the two players that they're looking to bring in. So just needs a bit of experience and yeah. in, in fairness like I, I, I hope for UCD I hope for the sake of the league that UCD don't completely fall away because we want well, to my point is that yeah, if you want the dog to drop points you need teams with something to play for Absolutely. I think there's a possibility that the, like you could have teams later in the season that the cup becomes their Dead priority rubbers. and the league's down and in that case there's not a chance the dog are going to drop the points Um. last question on this Who, in terms of Dundalk and Rovers going into Europe who goes in kind of in in better nick at the moment? I assume, Dundalk. Dundalk do. I mean, they're they're still. I mean, Regal are decent, but Dundalk are seeded and they're guaranteed uh, a tie even if they lose. Like <laughs> so, they they have a much better year. Even though their Europa League parachute is a nightmare, mm. they're like they're, they're Benson's coming back, McGrath's coming back. Um, you know, they've they've brought in Andy Boyle. I mean, I, I'm, exci- I'm excited to see how Rovers do. And I think the two of them will... Yeah, I think they've... I, like, well, funny thing I about totally hope so. They, they, Stephen O'Donnell went to watch the opponents again on Sunday and he's like, now we'll get them playing away from home. And the team they were playing ended up moving the game to the home ground of Riga. Mm-hmm. So ended up, basically, they're playing the bottom team in the table it's at a nine-team division. A nine-team division, yeah. And these lads are bottom, and yeah. they won. I don't. They won three or four. four but it was just—it was almost like a waste of trip. You know, we debate. Um, we debate structures and all that here. There's a nine-team league there. It looks like an, uh, an idiosyncratic league, yeah. to say the least. Um, looks bang at a first division about it. Friday night, anyway. UCD nil. Pats won. Watford won. Bows two. What a night from Michael Barker. Uh, Cork won. Derry four. Harps two. Sligo nil. Rovers nil. Dundalk one. Last night, Dundalk three. Watford nil. Pats nil. Uh, Rovers two. Sligo five. UCD one. And nil all between Bows and Derry and Harps and Cork. Mm, and do the first division now as well. We do want we want to do the first division now? Yes. Um yeah, we had 
what do we have? Five games. Cabin Teeley two. Low scoring uh, round of games, actually. Cabin Teeley two. Wexford nil. Draw had a one. Bray nil. Huge win for the Drogs. Bray down to six now, but still very much in the Yeah, they've started, they've started rocking, yeah. Um, Cowie United won at Lone Town one. Um, I think a, 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 recurring, a recurring theme of the 100 episodes is Galway United based disappointment. Yeah, but like. Apart the, from the bit the, of the, 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 Saudi, the Saudi optimism and then disappointment. I'm, the I'm, graph of Galway United across the 100 episodes would be. Low, it's like that one. You know, it's the very bottom of the list, like low, 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 and then it shoots up for Saudi, and there's like three weeks of Saudi hope, and then plummets mm. down. I again. spoke to Lou Comer, obviously, who's the main backer of the club at the Curra, and I still hope that uh, they're very much committed to the club going forward. Uh, it's just very disappointing. The problem is, like, you just you end up writing off this season, and that's totally, that's and it, the, it's already written off. And, and that's the, the lucky thing is the Galway budget is quite low. So. Limerick nil, Shelburne won. Yeah, missed penalty for Limerick Not a as great well. penalty effort. And um, uh, Longford, Longford won, won Cove nil. So before we bring the lads in, let's just hear from Keith Long. He was talking to Air Sports Shane Dawson, whose name I actually forgot in a complete brain freeze uh, last night. Um, but Shane, another valuable member of the Air team, he was speaking to Keith. One thing actually as well I should mention, the rapport the managers uh, showed with with the guys beforehand was great and very, very willing to give interviews. And um, I think there's really appreciation among the kind of League of Ireland personnel that um, Air is good for the league and really gives it the proper sort of exposure. Um, but Keith and uh, Declan Devine were both very much of the opinion afterwards that something is very, very wrong in the state of the League of Ireland fixture list. You know, I think, I think uh, as a league, we need to start showing a little bit more respect to the players. Um, we can't continue to ask our players to play Friday, Monday, but it's down to the clubs. Um, we need to extend out the season. We need to, to make our season a little bit longer, make our off-season shorter. Um, you know, I can understand to a certain extent why European clubs are, are given a free pass and we adjust games uh, to, to allow them progress in Europe. I can understand that, but there's no reason in the world uh, we can't extend out our season. Um, it's, a, it's a false economy, really, when you look at it. You know, playing Friday, Monday, games, uh, gates are down, receipts are down. Uh, as a result, although we've had a good crowd here tonight, you know, but you know, you get spectacles like that. We're we're showing of eight players here tonight. Um, you know, and our, our supporters come to, to watch watch their team play, and they want to see their best players playing. Um, but injury and fatigue uh, have have you know restricted what we could do tonight, our options tonight. So I think we need to, as a league, as clubs, we need to have a look at it, and um, you know, definitely we need to extend out the season because we can't continue. We've had two weeks off, and then we're playing three games in a week. It's um, it doesn't make sense. Common sense is not that uh, common. Uh, in our league at this moment in time and we need to you know, address these issues um, so we don't have spectacles like that tonight. Do you think you can realistically bring that to the FAI and will your voice be heard? Well, I hope so. Um, I hope so. Um, you know, there is an opportunity for change, obviously, you, you know, uh, as, it, as it currently stands. Uh, I think the league managers, um, you know, if we can get an association, we can get, a, get that up and running. If we're given a proper, proper platform in a, in a, in a you know, constructive fashion, you know, I'm not here to, to, to bash the FAI. Um, what I've said is the league clubs need to organise themselves and, you know, extend out the season, you know, like I said, because it is a false economy. There's worry about, you know, wages and paying players' wages, but you're losing gates on Monday nights across the league and it's something that we seriously need to consider for, for, for next year. Hard not to disagree with Keith Long there. Another Keith 
Andrews and Kevin Kilbane are in. How are you, lads? Hey, Johnny. Johnny, all good. All right. Uh, it's our 100th episode, lads. Young Daniel. Yeah, did you know that? 100. We wanted a really special episode, but they weren't available. How many more appearances do we get to match Kevin Kilbane's Irish caps? Is it 20 odd more? Oh, no. We won't. No, this is not 110. 110. Keith knows more than me. Jesus. Speaking of playing a lot of games, Kev, the point of the two managers last night was this schedule with the playing sort of. Friday, Monday is killing games and watching the highlights of Bowes on Friday night, Mandrew looked to be really, really good and then you turn up looking forward to seeing him last night, he's not playing because he got injured or he yeah. got a knock. Um, it just seems to be a recurring theme and just as a footballer, particularly at, like, can you relate to what they're talking about De- at that type, type Definitely. of Definitely. Re- recovery is probably the the hardest part of, of modern day of modern of the modern day game. No matter what level you're playing, I think getting yourself up from a as it would have been with us Saturday into a Tuesday or Tuesday then into a Saturday, it, it's it's so hard then to replicate the same performance. You say there, one lad's been, is playing outstanding on on a Friday. Can he replicate it even if he was fit on on the Monday? And it's highly unlikely. That's the way that it is. And I think it's how teams prepare. Mm-hmm. For that type of say, a player is I don't know in in great form plays a plays a good game. They're ready for him the next game anyway, and it's difficult then for a player to raise uh, raise himself to that standard again. It's it is crazy. And listening to to what he was saying there about the three games in what seven days, seven eight days now, whatever it is, considering they've had a break off off that yeah. as well, it's it, it especially Derry it's, as well. It's hard for Cork on Friday night. Fixtures weren't particularly kind to them, were they? No game um, in five weeks, yeah. and then you're in Cork. Well, I, I was seeing it earlier on. Dublin in seventy-two. So I, I saw it, Finn Harps had a, had a, a fixture list earlier on this season. I think they're up and down to Dublin twice in Friday, Monday, Friday Monday. Yeah, and it like you know, basically part time. A lot of them, a lot of them as well. It's so difficult, I think, to, to for the team and to travel for the supporters to travel with them as well. Oh, like, it's crazy. Uh, and the, level crazy. Is, the, the level of so what they have well, like, to um, to recover. You know. The latter stages of our careers, we would have had cryotherapy chambers, like full-time medical yeah. staff, mm. full-time masseurs, and it's still a stretch to get back to a level. Yeah. You never quite get back to 100% after that game yeah. to go. And by the third game of the week, you're, you're running at whatever, 60, Just 70. Just say on Derry, and, though, like if Derry, Derry went down to Cork and then they had, I think they saved Friday night. Like in the morning, didn't came, they? Or, or came so then they have to prepare for game Monday. So what can they do coaching-wise, shape-wise for the Bowls game? Very when, little. Like, very little. On Sunday, so, so Saturday, absolutely nothing. But I would I would suggest it was a day off. If, if you call getting back at five o'clock in the morning, a day off. Sunday, you're, you're in probably doing some kind of walk-through shape, recovery bats, ice bats, masseurs, if, if they have it at their disposal. Uh, and then all they can get into them in terms of work on bows is probably a meeting, mm. some yeah. video analysis. It's not stuff on the training ground, set piece and things yeah. like that, tactical stuff. That, that is that's it, isn't it? it? That's but the limit of it, yeah. But as the, and the level we're talking about here, again, where there's really mixed level of resources in the League of Ireland. If you look at it this year, the Dock have won 13 and 14. Last year, I think they started their run around the 1st of May, 16 and 17 wins. In because they have the resources to do overnights, mm-hmm. they have yeah. the resources. Yeah. They, uh, by all accounts, the the the, 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 the mm-hmm. as much as the front of house stuff in Oriel is still dreadful, the behind the scenes facilities apparently have as as have, have, have really really improved. So, like that's worth that's worth points across Definitely. the season. It's no coincidence yeah. that at this time of the year, they seem to come squad to the depth form. as well. Yeah. Dan, as well, what oh, they yeah, have at their massive. disposal yeah. and players that have come back 
in the last few weeks and have made a big difference. They're able to u- utilise the bench a little bit. I think Bowles have done that well to a degree. Oh, he's when done it excellent Friday, in terms of Monday, yeah. Some people say, well, Derry didn't make any changes. Am I right? Last no, night from no Friday, changes, which yeah. I was that staggered was with. That was astonishing, really. Yeah. Yeah. And that, am I right in saying they've signed 19 players now? Yeah, I think it could even be 20 now. They were, yeah. uh, which so is incredible. Get that gel together. I, I, think they've, I think actually Declan Devine has done a, an yeah, amazing job there. Yeah. They look like they've been playing together for some time and they have actually a bit of squad depth. But I went to the game, I was saying to Dan, oh, this is going to be a cracker. And he goes, well, the last time these teams played at Daily Mount, the pitch was bad. It was a poor game. Pitch wasn't great last night either. It was pretty hard. Mm. Um, and it wasn't a good game, Dan. It was, and it was just disappointing because there are two football inside. It wasn't great. But I mean, I suppose, uh, I mean, Keith, you're probably, I know you, you've gone to a few games this season. You're going with a different eye now. Yeah. You're looking for, for, you know, you're looking at the team sheet, I guess, to see who, who meets the age criteria. Just from your perspective, what, what, what have you made of the league this season? Because I mean, both of you, I mean, I know you both go to games regularly enough. Mm. Kev, you're living here now. Yeah. Uh, neither of you played in the league. So you're, you're probably still, you're learning aspects mm. about it. I mean, what, what, what have you made of the sort of quality of young players yeah, you're I, seeing this year, the quality of games When you're I was seeing? away, Dan, and I, didn't, I never had any dodgy boxes in England like some people. <laughs> so I didn't have access to a lot Someone's of games. Someone's gone very quiet there. <laughs> yeah. So, so it was, was new watching to some, me. He was watching Johnny? some Vietnamese <laughs> league Johnny? football this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so when I came back home a couple of years ago, I started to go to games when I could. I work a lot of Friday nights in England, so obviously they're out of the equation. But since I've been back involved with the with the FAI and the 21s, obviously, I've, I've had to go to, to more and more games. And I have to say I've been impressed on the whole. And we were talking before we came on air here that you can tell they're being coached. You can tell the level of coaching mm. has gone up a notch without a shadow of a doubt. It, it doesn't happen by just by fluke, the way the teams are going out. Last night, you just touched on it there. That That's a deterioration in a physical aspect of the game because they weren't able to do what they can normally do and it's certainly for bowls with the amount of injuries they have but for me and for my kind of selfish needs for the 21s it's brilliant because bowls being a prime example lads have done come come home and they get thrown into an environment that they're flourishing in so mm. we we reap the benefits of that yeah because the, the, the Dundalk I don't think of any under 21 eligible no. players so they're almost not relevant for mm. you in terms of your work So, but Bowes obviously are probably a big part of your work just the way things have yeah Bowes, I mean, Pat yeah. yeah UCD up until the last until couple of weeks the, and the team yeah. has been decimated um, but yeah I think on the whole I've been impressed with the different styles the way they're trying to play you can tell you can tell a good coach a good manager the team always can't carry it out, but they're trying to do the right things. Mm. It doesn't always come out. Last night being a prime example at, at Daily Mount because I think they were they were a little bit fatigued. Well, I mean, you know, obviously conscious that I'm not just asking you to, like just to pick out players because naturally, like you're you're looking at players and your mm. work, but just the players that were in Toulon, maybe just as a reference point, because you had Daryl Lee, he was over there. You had Farouge obviously missed out, but yeah. you had Liam Scales, Connor Cairns. Zach Albazetti, how did they equip themselves? I mean, I think people would have watched the games on, on TV. Um, I mean, Dara was obviously very much involved. Albazetti got an injury, but yeah. just the League of Ireland players, how, did, how, how are they compared to maybe players that are, are on the 23 level in England who haven't played first team football? You know, I think the, the balance is that players that are playing Engl- in England, if they're just playing 23s football and if they're just training, it depends what club they're at first and foremost. Are they training at an intensity? Because the lads in the League of Ireland are playing football. They're playing competitive football. They're training, even though it's part-time on, pa- on paper, some of them, they're training three, four times a week. So they're mm. up to a level. And in some cases, they're they're at a better level than some of the players in the, in the under-23s in England. I think it's a fine line. It's a, the age is, a, is a, a delicate one where they need to be challenged themselves and they need to get out of 23s football mm. as soon as they can to start playing senior men's 
competitive football like we would have had years ago mm. in the reserves. It's not quite the same at doing the 23s now in the main. Some teams are different. But those lads that you've mentioned were amazing. And they have been amazing since the first day I clapped eyes on them in, in January for that amateurs game we had yeah. um, in Home Farm. And their progression, I think mm. some of them have have kind of fed off that confidence from coming into the 21s and it's coincided with their club form and they've relished it rather than the other way around where they come back from England, some of them, and they kind of feel sorry for themselves and, and it's the end of the road, it's the end of the their careers. It, it's far from it. They've used that as motivation to, to okay, I've, I've, I've hit a bit of a dip in my career, but now I want to go again. You're, you're saying about the level there. I, I just watched the under-21, the year under-21s mm. there, and the level that a lot of the players are at, if I'm talking Spain, yeah. I was talking of a lot, lot of the top, Germany, Italy, they're, they're all playing regular mm. Bundesliga, Spanish yeah. La Liga. They're all, they're all household names, mm. essentially, that were playing in that tournament. Even the English side, you, you've seen household names. So where, where are our level then in comparison to, to a lot of those sides, then, do you feel? Obviously, you played a really good Brazil side. Yeah. yeah. So that, that Brazil that, that, team, that, that, that's the one maybe is an example. That, that 21s team now, that's what we're trying to get it in two years' time. So we're obviously a lot younger than that. So mm. in the next 12, 18 months, I would anticipate a lot of our players getting into first teams and starting to establish... Mm. Their names, whereas at the moment, they're you know they're we have high hopes for them, but yeah. they need to take that step. A lot of them at first team level, like that Brazil team that we faced in Toulon, is one of the best coast teams I've ever seen. So you you just assume with the in Brazilian terms flair, in terms of what the patterns of play that they yeah. played with, very different, very ba- based in terms of horizontal lines down the pitch. They're the spine of a team, but then the left back, left side at centre midfielder, they played a 4 3 3 like mm-hmm. a Liverpool Man City, more like a, a Man City with higher David Silva, De Bruyne types. Yeah. And then the left side of attacking midfielder, it was just like synchronised triangles. Mm. It was phenomenal. That must be beautiful when you see something like that. It's like, is that something I'm going to pick up? Or yeah. I can learn so what from? do you try and do then? What was your, dis- them. What was, yeah, what was your discussion <laughs> on the sideline or, or well, before, before the game? Before that, in terms yeah. of how you stop that, obviously, and you, you need to let the players aware of us. You just mentioned about you know what you do in between those games for, for, for Derry in between. So it was similar to a degree for us. But we were, we, were, we were kind of in-house, obviously. We had them mm. 24-7, so obviously that's better. So you, you try and make them aware of that, but equally you can't be, sh- you have to dilute it ever so slightly because when it's slick and when it was at its best, it was phenomenal. So we have to try and stop that, counter it, and then obviously the flip side, how do you how do you cause them problems? Mm. But yeah, they were very impressive. And you're right, those Italian same, the German, they're all yeah. playing first team football. One of the only ones that's playing regularly or ha- played regularly last year for us was Darrell Shea. He's on loan or was on loan at Exeter, done very, very well. Mm. But that's, to put it into context, he, he, that was at League Two. Yeah. So yeah. his next progression then is can he go League One or Championship? Yeah. And like the vast majority of us, and hopefully they can. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we had a question about Daryl Lee. He just we had a couple of t- texts. We'll, we'll get to them across the show. But what about Daryl? You know, how good is Daryl Lee? If he left Bowes this winter, could he go in a Championship level? Um, you know, straight away. Where is it? Yeah, straight away. I mean, I think. Darley was released by Coventry. Mm. He seemed to speak to people who knew him then. I think there was a feeling maybe he might have to physically develop a bit. or That seemed to be a discussion point. I mean, what are Dara's qualities from what you've seen? Because he was well tested in, in, in that particular he match. He was, yeah. And I thought against Brazil, he was outstanding defensively against a, a right winger that went for 20 million. Mm. So, you know, to put it again, mm. to put it into context. So in January, we mentioned about that amateur game. He came in and he'd just been coming back from an injury. And I don't think he was trusting his body the development of him 
So he was, he's kind of the one I'm alluding to and, and a lot of the others as well. But the way that he has relished being involved with the 21s and it's given him that confidence. He wore the armband last night against Derry. That just shows the journey that, mm. that he's been on. But I, I think I'm with you. Unless it's the right move to go across the water, I wouldn't be going anywhere if I was them just now because they're full of confidence. They're playing regular football. That's not going to go anywhere. That those mm. offers will will still be there. And they're um, happy, Keith. Like if you see mm. the, the Bowes made seven signings. I was astonished at this. Oh, re resignings, yeah, re yeah. Sorry, resignings for twenty twenty, mm. including Mandrew um, Talbot. And you're like, they're just these lads are very happy. Yeah. And there is a kind of a Kevin's connection as well. And it was made the points made in the show last night. If they're Kevin's lads, they go over to England. Yeah. They can come back to Kevin's kind of um, you know. Uh, partner club we'll say mm. which is Bowes and that connection works both ways in and Kevin's lads were out on the pitch uh, kids at half time and Kevin's on Twitter were like you know fair play to Bowes there's a real kind of connection mm. developing there and Bowes just seems to be a very happy place yeah. for these lads and they're living at home they're living at home yeah. it's the perfect environment for them isn't it because your career in general very very few just go straight to the top so there's going to be dips mm. in the road and, and a lot of them have had those but they're, they're finding it again and, and it seems to be a really good environment for them. They're playing in the right type of way. They're clearly enjoying it as, you, as you've just said. They're playing with a smile on their face and when you do that, confidence comes back and then you develop. Kev, you, you've, mm. you've got quite a few games this season. I mean, what, yeah. what, you know, how do you find sort of the, the, the levels from your experience from what you've seen? Because I know you've... I, you've impressed seen again. I, I mean, you know, I, I like to get down and watch Pats when I can. It was me, me local club from where I used to live. So I, I'll just tra travel through the park and get down there to see them when I can. So I've, I've seen a lot of the sides, particularly when they've, when they've come down to Richmond Park this season. So... I've been over with yourselves a couple of times where I've seen I've seen Rovers a few times. Dundalk probably the side I've probably seen the least I would think this season. Mm. I think I've only seen them once, um, but I have been I've been impressed. I, I I'm impressed when certainly when I when I've seen Rovers and how they play and how they how they're trying to play. Very good side to watch, and it's it be the same with Pats. I think um, I think what Harry Kenny's doing. I think he's trying to get a side there that's that's progressive that's 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 trying to play football in the right way. They really change the system. It, it, it would be predominantly. It'd be predominantly with with three at the back. A lot of midfielders. Be, yeah, it become it becomes a, a five man midfield at times. Um, I particularly like to 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 view and see what Chris Forrest has been trying to do this season. I've been on to you lads as well when he I think he struggled in the early on this season mm. as well when you watched him. But the last couple of games that I've seen him, certainly the last one I saw, I saw the one against Finn Harps just before that break and very very impressive. The best I would have seen in this season. So you're looking at lads that when they're coming back over and seeing how how they progress and and how. How mentally they're, they're, they're trying to get right for it. That's what it is. How how are, how are they when they're coming back home? And it's it's a difficult. It's difficult when lads do come back. I think we all accept that, and we all know how how hard it is for lads coming back. But I mean, I don't know you, names you can throw out. Any any of the names. What have you made of Jack Byrne? You've you've, you've been to tell a few um, times. Jack Byrne's very very gifted footballer. Um, I don't think he influences a game in in the in the key areas enough. I think with his talent, I think he should be scoring and he should be creating a lot more goals. I've said it to you lads as well when, when we're on to you. I think I think he's a he he could be one of the most talented players within our within our international setup over the next five or six years. But is he having an, an influence on the team in areas where he should be influencing a game? And when I come away from from watching Rovers when I've seen them, I think brilliant footballer. What a what a such a gifted player he is. But is someone actually telling him that you actually don't need to be having an influence maybe dropping deeper. You can be a bit further mm. forward. You can have an influence in real key areas of games where your talent... And you're going to make mistakes. It's not about having 100% pass completion on, on his stats every week. Mm. It's about maybe doing something... And I speak to Johnny and yourself about, about Kavanagh. When I watch Brandon Kavanagh, 
he's a risk taker. He 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 gives the ball away. He makes mistakes. But I think he has. Key, I think he plays key passes. That's that, that's that you that area of pitch. Yeah, so that's the toughest it. place to play in midfield is the advanced one. Yeah, Are you and he can Brandon, do that. Actually, you know, he's obviously young. He was, well, he was in your yeah. your squad. Against yeah, the, we had the amateurs, and then I had Brandon on their seventeens as well. So very much aware of him and, and I think he would have been one of the ones years ago who gets thrown to one side because of his, his right, size yeah. but he is working his balls off mm. physically to get to a level and technically he's a smashing it could be player. it could be and a Wesley you, you, you put names on you put yeah. names on people when they start to have an influence but I saw him make his debut I think it was his debut came on for about 15 Dundalk, minutes last yeah. season Dundalk he the came on two. and um, yeah they got battered in the game didn't they but he came on and you're watching this kid and you're thinking well, I've never seen not... a player with technical ability like he no. has at that stage of his life exactly. in the League of Ireland Sorry. And, and he just played loose Johnny didn't he yeah. just came on just went right I'll play even loose. on Friday he came on and made yeah. a difference yeah, yeah. 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 he really did um, he really did and I, he's, 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 I think he's been training with the 19th yeah. group as well hasn't he yeah. so I don't know if he'll Exactly, and again, where's he going to go to? But he he looks the, the one of the finest talents in the league. Someone that you look at and you think, well, in ten years' time, he could. He's another one that could be having a serious influence. Well, where 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 are the like where are the British scouts are? I've never heard one reference to him being courted by. I know he's been. I know, he's, know his name's been mentioned. Johnny, yeah. But like he, Johnny's name's been has, mentioned. Yeah. Why hasn't somebody taken a chance on? Because him? he's probably at the moment they probably think, well, look, he might be better off developing over here. We mm. can leave him a year, and then we can maybe look at him for, uh, further down the line where he's played. 50 games rather than actually going over it when he's raw and it's easy then for a club to overlook him they'll stick him with the youth team they'll stick him with the 23s and he won't you get don't a, he won't, about him he won't get a look in two years later he comes back home yeah. and I think he's, he's much better playing here because he's in the, the physicality of the league will help him and I think that'll help him further down the line because he has undoubted ability and we're all hopeful that he can actually go on and, and achieve what, what perhaps he should achieve in, in years to come yeah who who else was kind of maybe unlucky not to get into the Toulon squad from League of Ireland? Dan, Dan Mandrew would can count himself very unlucky. Um, difficult to nail down a squad, obviously, and you've different options. You're trying to work out different kind of okay, can we play him with him, etc. And he obviously was in the first two squads, the amateur, and in the game against Luxembourg at Tallinn in March. What's and he like as a player? Mm. Technically <laughs> outrageous. Um, I think it's been well documented that some of the aspects of the defensive side of the game which Keith Long and some of his Bowes teammates have alluded to number 10s have to defend to, number 10s have to it's a misconception about yeah. a number 10 a number 10 years ago traditionally was a bit of a luxury player Shoulder on the pitch stats now physical stats now tell you it's probably the most aggressive position in the team depending on what way you set up and how do you explain that most aggressive you set the uh, physically so in terms of the high intensity mm. distance covered right up there Look, Alan, Alan Brown at Preston yeah. would be a, he, he's initiating presses yeah. isn't he he's exactly. the one that starts your press off and he's centre forward starts maybe on one of the centre halves yeah. and then as soon as it goes to the one bang and, and you set the tone him. set the tone Just and then it goes over your head back you get in but does that like I remember Berbatov's comment was like real quality doesn't always need to show effort um, like does a number 10 does that negative is there a negative influence in his game if he has to work his socks off off the ball well, Messi might, might suggest so, yeah. Yeah. But it was also a stat years ago that Van de Sar had more high intensity run in one game than Berbatov. I'm not quite sure that was right. <laughs> Love Berbatov. But like, yeah. Dan Manju, point, yeah. technically brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And again, going back to the points you made about coming back home, how he dealt with that. You've seen the interview last night when you did before the game with Shane. Brilliant, looks at ease, looks comfortable, looks happy. If he continues to develop the way he is and he adds bits of those defensive parts to his game which I think he has I have to say in the bits I've seen him from the last three, four months 
then the world is his oyster. Yeah, we had, we had a question from Dan Dalton, just be interested in the lads' views on some of the under 21 players playing in different European leagues. So I think you're talking about number mm. 10s. I mean, mm. Conor Ronan was your first choice number 10 as such, who played in Slovakia this year uh, on loan <coughs> from Wolves. I mean, I think Simon Power is in the squad as well. He's been in Holland on loan as well. I think he's come back to Norwich now. Yeah. But, um, you know, can you, could you see some of those lads you mentioned thrive in European leagues as well? You know, I mean, talk about technically confident players that we have. And in Ronan, has he benefited from his experience or is that just his natural style anyway? I, um, no, I think you could put Brandon Cavan into that equation, mm. Dan Mandrew without a shadow of a doubt. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know why we don't send more over or mm. they don't come and try and get homeboys. Yeah, I think there is an element of that and a little bit of a fear factor. Money in England as well, to a degree as well. I think, I mean, that is... Well, that's the ultimate league to get into financially, isn't it? That's where everybody from around the world wants to get into the Premier League, essentially. That's where they see as Mm. the, almost a cash cow, and that's where it is. So that's why when a player gets in there and they're playing regular, whatever level that they're playing or whatever team they're playing at, Mm. if they're in the Premier League, they're probably earning way more money that they can get from playing in France or Holland or wherever. It you could be. earn more money in League One than you might get in the top division in, in Holland. Well, yeah. you know, on a par, certainly on a par. Yeah. Certainly the Netherlands that. League, though, if you take that as an example, and if you if you if you look at a club that has and takes an individual and take, and looks at a long term plan for them, so Simon Power, for instance, he's on a contract, whatever he's on, two three year contract. They're parking up the first year in terms of. That's a development year. He's going over to the Netherlands. Mm. He's going to mature. He's going to play games at a level that we think will suit him. And Conor Ronan's the exact mm. same because he didn't have a great experience when he went to Walsall on loan. Mm. And it probably didn't suit him. The way they played, the, the scrap they were in at the bottom of League One. But he goes, and again, coincides with being involved with the 21s. He was previously involved a little bit with the previous campaign under Noel King. Um, but he goes over there, and again, it's confidence. Confidence mm. comes back. He feels part of it. And he looks like a world beater at the moment. Yeah. He looks Do you know what I say, I say as well? I think when, when a player realises that they have to adapt the game, I think when you come through a system, you play a certain way, and even have a look at it in relation to how I would have been, when you're coming through a system, you're playing a certain way with freedom and, and expression, and you have to adapt to, to sustain a career. Realistically, you're never going to seriously go and win trophies ever seen. It's not going to happen. And I think when players come through come through a certain style of football and they're really progressive, really expressive. Say a lad would leave the League of Ireland and go over to England. I think they have to adapt the game and that is the ones who adapt, who are successful and the ones that, that can't adapt continue through the same things don't go on and be successful. Yeah, well, we've seen some players go from this league. I mean, maybe someone like Graham Burke went to Preston. And, yeah. And, and, now, How many times have we heard about him being unbelievable? I heard him being... In training. The best trainer that, 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 that Preston has seen in the last 15, 20 years, or whatever it would be. And why is he not progressed? Why is he not playing? Mm. And I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe he's not been able to, to do what Alex Neal would have been wanting from him on the training ground, on the pitch, and... But it's funny you mentioned they have an aggressive number 10, Alan Brown, yeah. and, and Greenberg's ended up playing out wide. Quite often because he training yeah. isn't on a full-size pitch. It's more condensed, isn't yeah. it? So maybe the size of that makes him look, you know, he can cover the technically grass a little brilliantly, bit. Yeah. yeah, technically. Just, just speaking, we were talking about lads going overseas. I mean, Neil Farouja was sat in that seat that you were in a couple of weeks ago, and he seems to have a... He is very open-minded to, to travelling. Now, he's ended up taking the decision to join Shamrock Rovers to stay at home and mm. finish his education but play full-time at Rovers. Would you have spoken to Neil? Would you speak to lads about their futures, about their moves? And uh, what, what's your sense of where he's at? Yeah, I'd, I'd always be there to, to offer advice if they wanted. I never push it upon them. And, and it's not one cap fits all. I think mm. it's different for, it, for every individual. And with Neil's case, I think he's made the right one. 
because education is clearly a big part of of his life, the family, the background and where he wanted, he's had offers before, didn't feel it was right, he finished it as a degree, now he's bouncing on to, to finish his master's degree, so it was, what club should he go to? I think Bowes were in the equation of, mm. of some description, whether he maybe go there and it's a little bit more of a part-time in terms of training loads and all the rest of it, but he's, he's a very intelligent fella. The offer will still be there in 12 months' time for, for Neil Farouja, as long as he continues his, his development. And we, it's Kev's phone, by the way, if anyone's interested. <laughs> Irish one. Ah, speak of the devil. We can't reveal who that call was from. Sorry. No, um, no. So yeah, Neil, <laughs> Neil, I'm a big fan of, and he's he's not like a lot of other players that we have. He's a powerful, strong, chalk on the boots winger yeah. that is constantly. I still haven't seen game. you've been on to me for a while. I've not the chance to watch him. I've, I was saying, like, yeah. young Clavan in, in yeah. some yeah. respects. Physically, definitely. Tall three people have said powerful. that, yeah. 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 So he's, he's um, obviously more intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> on the ball or off the ball? Clearly, oh. clearly, yeah. <laughs> Has he got a football brain? Key? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think we knocked the league, like, um, a lot. But when you think about it, Farouja signed a new deal. Talbot signed a new deal. Mandrew signed a new deal. Jack Byrne doesn't seem to be going anywhere, mm. to the best of my knowledge. McElhenney is here. El Buzetti is here. Um, we have a lot of the same, but... I, but we, they're very enjoyable to watch. I was having watch. this discussion last night with someone that... Uh, <coughs> There's a lot of the same type of players in the league at the moment. There's like a glut of good midfield players, mm. number eights, number tens. That's and football now. I, I know, they're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. well, right, but, but it seems like at the moment, Rovers are looking for a striker. Yeah. Bowes are looking for a striker. Yeah. With Dinny Cork being injured, you could probably go down the league. I mean, Cork, I mean, Rovers have signed Graham Cummins from Cork. Mm. Uh, but I remember when Stephen Kenny got the 21's job, he was saying that actual the, the, the dearth of strikers and wide players at the age of 2021 20, in the UK at the moment, Irish lads, there was none, yeah, basically. It's, like, it, I know it's a, it's a well-worn debate, but... I mean, you've had a lot of under nineteen lads in the twenty one mm. squad in those positions. Adam Ida, um, Aaron Connolly, lads. Yeah. Like, is this actually a problem? Like that we're we're, we're still struggling for those number nines for those the, the real depth of strikers. It's been an issue for years, isn't it? Probably the amount of strikers that we can call upon. But like, if you go back to when we were coming through, it was always four four two. So that was two strikers in every team. For the last 10, 12 years, it's only been one mm. striker. So that's just that's pure maths that there's there's less of them. And we've gone through an era where everyone wants to be a number ten. Yeah. Yeah, like we're like the league is full of them. Like yeah. you can go through or or players like from Jack Byrne to Forrester, McElhenney, Sean Murray. You know, mm. you can you can sort of reel yeah. them all off. There's a lot of them. So I think that's making some of the games very good to watch because mm. there's technically good players. But, if you think but like there's a question um, about the levels of intensity of certain matches as well. Yeah. Would you say if you think of like um, Robbie Keane and Niall Quinn or like Shearer and Sutton, these partnerships, like the amount mm. of strikers who've been disenfranchised because now they have to play up top on their own. Oh, no. It's a completely yeah. different role. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Completely different role. Mm. And it's like the traditional kind of lad who could score goals but not do a lot else. Mm. He's kind of str- like even look at Mikey Drennan this season, like you know. And and uh, granted, Pats were playing sort of two up top at times, but a lot of these strikers they're they're mm. struggling to find an identity with so many. Yeah, I watched. I watched. Like, I said that. I watched. In, you asked me about players in the league and things like that. Yet you don't actually see strikers making the runs to get across the near post and go and get, go and maybe go and get hurt a little bit as well, go and score mm. goals. Mm. Everyone's looking for pullbacks now. Mm. They're getting in wide areas and it's a pullback, isn't it? It might be a midfielder that's arriving to score. It might be a number 10 that's arriving. But if a ball's fizzed across six-yard box, you'll actually see balls so often played across. And I've, I've noticed that when you're just saying that now, when, when you go and watch Pats, to be fair, a lot of balls put into really dangerous... And everyone's just... 
waiting on that little pullback, that yeah. ball, because it's a lot more of that type of goal that's been scored. Mm. Players arriving from the edge of the penalty area. With those extra midfielders, well, you just made the point about all the number tens and number eights. We need we need to be careful. We don't get into it. It's just keep ball for yeah. keep ball's sake. And I think mm. Ferruja going into to Rovers will definitely help. It'll give them a little bit more balance and maybe allow Jack Bourne to not play on the left and drift in and Trevor Trevor Clark having to be the one constantly providing the width mm. where Ferruja that will be another yeah. asset for them. That was the one thing about Rovers last week against the Dock. They did dominate the game, but I thought in the first half they weren't necessarily really hurting them. They no. weren't like they weren't really getting behind them. But and they had one chance, like, like, maybe. Yeah, like and Jack Byrne had a brilliant running yeah. shot from twenty-five yards that hits the bar. Like they actually had a couple of chances late on, and funny enough, you mentioned Kavanagh come in. Mm. They actually had some. But yeah, there was no real explosiveness. There was no real mm. pace. But you know? no, there, there are no pacey yeah. strikers hardly in the league. Like you don't like you uh, don't need strike. You don't need pace to still threaten him behind. You just yeah, need to time the run right. And though. even if it comes from one of the midfielders, it still disrupts the opposition back four, but, back but, five, whatever it is to 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 guess to make them guess to make them think about it, not just have everything just in front mm. of them so it's easy. You need to test them. But that's the like Dundalk played a fairly high line at times on Friday and Rovers couldn't exploit it. But like I, I spoke to our manager about this earlier in the season and I was saying, geez, your centre-backs wouldn't be the quickest. And he's like, well, tell me the fast strikers in the league. And I, I actually couldn't. Like mm. I think mm. uh, Romeo Parks is quick. Mm. Apart from that, like Hoban's not quick. Aaron Green's not particularly quick. Drennan, not really quick. Um, you go down, mm. Parkhouse, not really quick. You yeah. go down to the hole, mm. and then like the likes of Watford are obviously decimated now. They're looking for a striker. There's nobody. There's literally yeah. nobody there. Um, yeah. Unless you pull some rabbit out of the hat. That's like, that's like Daniel Kelly did so well for Bowes mm. last year. Pace. Be on the right side. Why, he, did, uh, why did Conley get his move to, you know, granted, uh, obviously, he got a good agent or whatever, but it was all about pace, <laughs> pace, pace. The reason what's, 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 what's the kid that plays up front for Derry called? Um, Parkhouse. Yeah, Parkhouse, sorry. Yeah. I, I quite like him, though. So I like yeah. I like his movement. I like it. I like his ability to hold the mm. ball very good with his He's back to well, play. Yeah, mm. so... He he's one that you look at maybe there that, that the player that could go and get goals mm. because of his ability that he's got. But as you say, it's not necessarily all about having pace. It's about maybe just time your runs off a, off a, off a back four or five or whichever you're playing against. When they are prepared to squeeze against you, saying there's no pace, time you run, you're going to get in, aren't you? Mm. If that ball is actually if the ball is being looked for, I don't think a lot of time you'll see balls actually players looking for that ball, looking mm. to hurt. It's they just want to keep it, it's keep the ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah is it just um, Keith, I mean. It, you're, you've, you've started to work with Stephen Kenny now this year and he's someone that you wouldn't have worked with before could just ask you how have you found the, the experience of working with Stephen how did you feel when you got the approach I don't know had you met him socially in any in any circumstances before and how have you actually found in actuality no very unexpected um, got a phone call and asked to meet him went and met him and got on really well and since then I've loved it I haven't enjoyed it I've absolutely loved being back involved with the players and having a bit of a a purpose to watching games, a real purpose and and trying to start the journey of qualifying and achieve things with, with that group that I have got a hell of a lot of belief in. I think I've told all of you separately about the younger players that I do have so mm. much belief in what they can achieve. And in terms of working with him, I think it's it's constantly, constantly improving and not just myself and him and the backroom team, the management team. Jim Crawford. Jim Crawford. We had Jim in here. Yeah, Damien Doyle. Um, all the medical side. Um, Do you feel as though you've got an influence as well? You know, a lot of the time managers will employ a coach mm. and 
it's almost like you're just going in as a name to be there in many respects as well. Do you feel as though you've got a, you've got a, an input? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have taken a role if, if that had been yeah. the case. I think you you know me well enough for that. I, I wouldn't yeah. just go to be part of the furniture. So again, it's it's finding that balance, isn't it? When you go and work with someone for the first time, what do you do? What do you not do? And I think for Stephen as well, like he's 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 very hands on, and I think for him at times it's probably a little bit. He needs to relinquish a little bit to let yeah. me do something, let Jim do something, you know. So it's getting that balance. And I think over the, like even the amateur trip where we had three days together, priceless as in a trial run for us to go before the, the real deal and against Luxembourg in March. And then obviously we've had three weeks together in, in, um, in Dublin Forest, Johnson House, and then out to out to Toulon. So it's, it's just getting that balance. And mm. it's, it's, it's been brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant. It gives me a lot of responsibility. And I relish it. Yeah, really, really enjoying it. Yeah. Have you found the FEI have been fine? Like they've answered your demands and all that in terms of what you. <laughs> I haven't got too many demands, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> like, I guess like you, you see, they seem to balls, be... bibs, and cones. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it must be an interesting dynamic. In fairness, Stephen is quite a unique character. Yeah, he is. He's 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 very unique, and I didn't know Stephen. I'd met him twice. I think it was once at halftime of an Ireland game where we spoke for twenty minutes, missed the first five ten minutes of the of the half, and and that was that was about it really. And then. You're constantly getting to know each other. You're constantly working on certain things. We get on very well. well I think you might have to ask him. He might say something different. Um, but he's got he has got his very unique way. And I've worked in football clubs. I've obviously worked as a as a, a member of staff. I've also worked as a player under numerous managers, coaching staff, and he's very unlike any of the others. There's no airs or graces. He is real. There's not. There's there's nothing fake about him in an industry. That is rife with people that are fake and look their own. You can't help but like the way that he even talks people, you know, <coughs> however, <coughs> how he comes across, excuse me, is there's no waffle with him. No. There's no, I say shite, you know, mm. there isn't, there's no, and that's what you like about him. And you know full well that what he's saying is what he's doing rather than actually having a secret agenda every single time he's coming out to, to address it's quite refreshing that though, isn't it? Without a doubt, it yeah. is yeah. definitely. And it's very positive. Like and in it. terms of yeah, discussion, like because I think you know when he was the golf manager and he was speaking about how he feels Irish teams should play and we should play, I, I think like it did sort of wind some people up in some ways, you know, and, because and they didn't think we could, were capable yeah, of it. Mm. Yeah, like have you had that discussion with him? I mean, is that something that you've seen that he's very clear in this philosophy? Did you did you subscribe to that yourself, or did you? Have, Different views and how does that work in terms of playing yeah, style? Like, like you I, know, you're, you're debating. Look, I wouldn't be getting involved if we were playing Jack Charlton style football. Yeah. You know, but I have utter belief in these players. He has utter belief, and you know, we work together to try and get them to a level and prepare them as well as we can. But you're right; he has an utter belief in how the game should be played. And I presume some people would have been a little bit annoyed and thinking mm. we're not capable of that, but. I've always said it, our, our players are capable of producing more. They do it at club level. Why can't they do it at international level, regardless of the age, all the way up to the senior team? Um, so I'm very much on that page. Yeah, but but I, but I guess in Toulon at times, you have to be pragmatic as well too. I mean, some of those, the Mexico game, mm. the first Mexico game, like that was a, a grind. Yeah. And you had to adapt. As mm. you mentioned the word adapting, you did seem to do that as well too in that tournament. I think you like have you to pay respect. You can't just go out and play. You know, free, free football. Oh, don't worry about like defensively. I think we're we're a very solid team, and that's constantly growing. You need the foundations in place. You need the the structure of your team and how solid you are to give you that base to get a footholding, especially against better teams. Against Luxembourg, we knew if we approached the game in a certain way, they wouldn't be able to live with us. So defensively, 
as long as you're organised, you'll be fine. Against Mexico and Brazil and teams like that, and obviously when we get into the autumn, we're going to be playing Sweden and, mm. and Italy, you have to pay those teams the utmost to respect and uh, we'll certainly be ready for it. Just a question here from Conor O'Shea. We've sort of touched on this already but for the two lads, what do they feel is the most important attribute, either physical or mental, for a League of Ireland player who's in the under-21 squad? It was a long question. Uh, if they want to make that step up to senior international level. Physical or mental? Yeah. Well, I mean, one or the other, which is it? Like, what, what? <sighs> it's both, isn't it? What percentage? I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure but I, I, like if, you, if you touch on the lads that have come home from England as an example, Mentally, they have to be right to, to go again. So mm. that, first and foremost, that needs to be right. I think mentally, if you're right and you approach it in the right way and you're positive about it and you're, you're enjoying it, then the physical aspect then comes as long as you're mentally ready to, mm. to kick on with it. So it's, a, it's obviously a combination of both, but I think mentally you need to be right first. Mm. No, I, I think as well, we are... We have still, just going back to what Keith said earlier on about producing players, We, everyone would always constantly say we've not got players playing in a certain level over in England now. We've not got players. We are still producing the same type of players we probably produced. Maybe, maybe different in the aspects of how our players produce themselves. We, we, we're not playing street football anymore. We, we know we're not doing that. But we are still producing players. It's just the net has got so much bigger across football in general. So we still, we're still going to be producing players in 10 or 15 years' time. We're still going to have players around. But it probably is an element of how our boys have been coached and the, and the mentality that's maybe been put into them from such an early age. You can't do this, you can't do that. And it's great to hear Keith talking on the lines is along on the lines of we can actually go out we can actually go and play against teams and we can actually go and beat teams and we have to now I think in the next few years get players with a mentality of that any side that's going to come into Dublin they're going to get a game and we're going to and, we're, and if sides are going to beat us they're going to have to earn a victory because I think it's gone on far too long within our national side now where in Dublin it's not it's it's not really the the place that it once was mm. and I think that, and I do think and I'm, I'm hopeful that in the next ten years, we are going to get get back to that sort of level. But sure, we, like we celebrated that victory in Cardiff when our performance like was so anti football, and it was like yeah. people, we produced Liam Brady. Why can't? There's no reason we can't produce footballers of no, amazing of technique. But it's it's somehow ingrained in people that well, no, we're kind of we've great spirit, you know, this Irish spirit. We have spirit. So do a million other countries. Like we have spirit. Spirit's not going to get you over the line. You need to, yeah, you need true. players who can play. Like um, just just on the coaching thing though, you you mentioned that the teams look well coached there. There's such a dearth of coaches in mm. Britain now. Irish coaches, obviously O'Neill and and Keane, the latest two to leave uh, Nottingham Forest. But that's a strange system as well, and that like. There's no obvious pathway for Irish coaches necessarily over there anymore, and the League of Ireland seems to be a good nursery for them. Yeah, very much so. Um, and I think the level of coaching has has obviously improved in in the last how many years. And I think at times we're going to need to challenge ourselves to 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 go. We're talking about players going mm. to different mm. environments to kind of better themselves and develop themselves. I think we as coaches need to do that as well. It can't just be over here. I think as a as a breeding ground and, and, and development in terms of getting yourself in. But you need to go and test yourself against against different opposition. Like well, for us being in the Toulon tournament, that was mm. the most testing I've had as a coach. And I relished it, loved it. Um so in terms of that, I think you're right. But you need to, so for instance, someone like Stephen who's has done what he's done at, at Dundalk, gets opportunities off the back of it. If someone like uh, Stephen Bradley goes on and wins a league. There will be opportunities. So you're right in terms of a breeding ground and and for them and for their individual 
development I think it'll certainly be there if the success happens yeah I suppose the European games are a great opportunity yeah. as well and this is a Platform, big, a big month coming yeah. up now and well you take much interest in that lads in terms of how the League of Ireland teams get on in Europe because yeah. it is, a, it is if I can get to a game I'll get to the game if, if, if I'm around I definitely will go to some of the matches but definitely yeah, I think there's, there's, there's a, there is interest in well, it of course it home next Wednesday aren't they yeah, yeah, yeah it's Wednesday um, the 10th yeah, yeah so it's Wednesday Wednesday. oh it's next Wednesday, Wednesday yeah. Week, yeah. And Pats, Pats against Norcopping on the Thursday mm. and then Rovers are away Cork are away. You know? I, I think the games are always interesting though, because this notion of like Irish players not being technically good, like they're Patrick McLenny against Rosenberg, what was that? Two years ago, seventeen was yeah. the best player on the pitch. To my mind, mm. uh, a team that included like former Premier League players, yada yada. yada. And um, you, you see that when they have a bit of time in Europe, when it's not as much kick and rush, that they're well able to play technically a lot of these players. Mm. I think it comes down. To I think it comes down to the belief that's instilled in Johnny. I mm. really do. Like Sam Allardyce was, was a manager who I really enjoyed working on there but he wouldn't fill you full of confidence that you could go out and mm, beat really? a Liverpool or a, or a Manchester United that that was probably one of his his downfalls I felt as a, as a, he concentrated on the the teams that were from 6th 7th mm. down they were our games that we had to maximize results from whereas when you look at someone like Stephen who I'm working with now he instills belief in it I had a story from one of his old assistants saying when he got to Longford years ago it was a field and he said, we'll be playing in Europe. And people were like... You're crazy. You're, you're, mm. You've gone, yeah. You've Longford gone. were a laughing stock when he joined. They inter- got into you Europe. You know, interesting with that with Sam. I, I had Sam. Sam was my coach at 15 to 18, I think he was. And Sam instilled in, in me that I was just going to be a superstar from when I was a kid. You know, everything that I had physically that I had. And mm. that, that was how it was with, with Sam. I think when Sam was at Preston, he had... The manager like John Beck, who was there, who mm. had started to introduce a stat style system, and Sam took on board everything that his stats men were doing. And I think Sam changed his system from when he was at Preston working as a youth team manager mm. under John Beck. And he's gone on had a great career, and I mentioned before about adapting, but I don't necessarily see that, that the Sam Allardyce that's been that's been so good in, in getting team keeping teams up and what he's done and what you've seen. Mm. I don't think that's the, what, what that was the real Sam Allardyce because Sam was an incredible technical coach when he was coaching at youth level but really? I think he had to adapt but they had to just adapt yeah. to survive and stay in the well, game I, I mean he has survived I mean, do, do managers who are deemed to be more idealistic in their approach do they, do they, do they get the same opportunities is this view mm. now like you go to Sam he'll sort you out you know, he'll, yeah. get, he'll get you through the <laughs> yeah. season keep you up. There's, a, there's almost a mentality inherent with that you know he'll, he'll do whatever it takes yeah. to keep you up but you I know, think it is isn't it I think that's yeah. what it is it's uh, it's it probably he's probably gone against his own true principles. Mm-hmm. I would feel, and he's followed a, a, a system that works. How you, how many times you're getting balls? You know yourself. Yeah. How many times you're getting balls into the penalty area? How many times you're getting carrying games? Second balls, yeah. Yeah. yeah, everything like this. And that is how he's probably followed a system and mm-hmm. thought that system works. That will work to keep teams. You've got the contrast of that where other managers are all about the, the product and how it looks mm-hmm. and. You know, it's all about the perception of it. Whereas the reality is, are you are you being effective with that mm. type of style of football? But it's, no, no, it's the way we play, and they get they build the brand around what they are. Yeah, but some of them need time as well. Mm. Someone like Stephen Kenny, I think, needs time. You know, you talk about him being a unique personality. It's not he's not necessary. Well, actually, now the flip side of that is he went to the dark and Longford and places and turned things around very quickly, mm. but. You can. You, do you feel that with the Irish job now, and he's obviously going from one job to the next job, that this idea, this succession plan, however it was, um, you know, however it was, it was concocted as an idea that can you see this working? That his relationship with the players now, that they can see where he's going, that hopefully 
these, these young players now in the 21s are the senior internationals of the future? It very much depends on what they do at club level. We've been mm. kind of touching on it on different ones, haven't we, over the last hour or so, and, and it, it depends. You can only do so much as an international coach manager for that player. You can try and instill confidence or you can be there for them. But at the end of the phone, when you're with them, which is obviously very limited in the time you have with them, they need to develop at club level, mm. and hopefully they can do that. If they do, then a lot of those under-21s, under-19s players will go on to be senior internationals because they are good enough. There's no mm. doubt about it, but they need the opportunity and they need the mentality to be able to carve out a career I think as well that the, the mess that's been around the FEI for, 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 for such a long time, it's only coming to the fore now, is we've had, and again, we've maybe spoke about this privately, that everything has been gauged on qualification. So Stephen Kenny has to be given two campaigns. If we fail in the first one, it's got to be about the next campaign after that. And maybe you know what that. the discussion is going to be like. I well, mean, I, well, well, I know. Yeah, and yeah. I know the way that, that football fans are going to think. If we're, not, if we're not at Euros then or a World Cup or wherever it's going to be, then it's deemed a failure when it's not. We have to we have to give him at the at the minimum two campaigns. He can't have eight games. He can't have eight games and eight sets of what's it going to be? Probably ten or twelve games, including friendlies across a year. And that's going to be that's going to actually dictate what Stephen Kenny's got. Well, what, the way we're going as a as a team, as we're going to um, as we're going to be coaching our players, as we're going to be developing our players, it can't be ten games. It has to be. It's got to be, well, I'd say a minimum 25. So you're probably mm. looking at three campaigns. But that's the way that we have to do it. That's got to be the you model. You have to commit to the plan. It's got to be the you're, model. You're trying to change like years and years and years of not really playing. Uh, well, that's why we're in a mess, Johnny. That's why yeah, we're in a mess now. Like, how, how, he can't turn this around overnight. Even no, Mick, of course, that's Mick, right. Mick, you can see Mick wants to play, but he's also pragmatic in yeah. that he has what he has in terms of players. Um, so it's almost like he's like the interim thing where Kenny then will obviously try to bring a, a further yeah. brand of football. But... You can't turn this around in the space with these crunch, like, one campaign. No, no. That, well, that's why. That's why, that's why I made my point, John. Yeah. John, we're in a mess for a reason. Mm. And the reason has been, it's just been instant success, get qualification. And then it's almost like we can breathe now. We can, we can, actually, we can actually just start to just, just um, maybe survive for another year, another mm. two years, whatever. But it has been about survival for when we were all involved in it. We didn't qualify for... You know the famous game in in '09 when we didn't qualify for the for the World Cup in in South Africa, that was like oh end of the world now. What's it costing the economy? What's it costing the FEI? That cannot be the model. It cannot be the model. Yeah, I I am um, I'm always interested. Well, does Mick keep a close eye on the 21s, mm -hmm. and does he kind of you know because a lot of these players shouldn't be a million miles off the senior team even now. No, which is probably a little bit of a worry, scare like. factor for us come mm. September. Same for Tom Owen, yeah. Colin well, O'Brien. He's kind of had exactly the, the knock-on effect. Yeah, you had the training match as well. Actually, what was that like? It was, it was brilliant. behind closed doors, but uh, and it was Chatham House rules. Was, or can uh, you reveal what happened? No, no, not yeah. at all. I thought they spoke about a publican. Our lads came in, having had a few weeks off, just trying to get them up to speed, balance it out because the game was on the tours. Because the seniors came back from their training camp in Portugal. It's great that's been reintroduced as isn't well, isn't it? Now. Yeah, I think it was around when you first. Oh, the we ones, it? My twenty ones would always beat the seniors, yeah. and when I was in the seniors, would always get beat by the twenty yeah. ones. <laughs> so yeah. it was just a yeah. standard thing how it was. Yeah. But it but was from the second the players came in, the twenty ones players. It was all they were talking about. Really? Yeah. And so when the discussions happened, Mick Mick asked for the game, and of course, brilliant. Yeah, delighted to to play. We just needed to be careful of. We were going into a tournament. We didn't want the lads, so we 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 had to forty five minutes each, and yeah. the experience they got and the confidence I think they got from that that they were able to play against the mm. senior teams against their heroes. Connor Kearns apparently the cracker in the second half. Super yeah. super yeah. game came on in the second half, Connor, and he's been magnificent the last few months. Was unlucky not to be in the squad in, in March, and he's bounced on. He's another one with 
wise head on on very young shoulders. Um, but it was just a great experience for for all of them to be part mm. of that. Was um, it physical? Yeah, it was a proper game. Yeah, 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 you know we've played in those behind closed doors games, mm. and sometimes they can become a little bit keep ball like. Yeah. Oh, you just keep it. Whereas we used it as a the game to get ready for for China on the Monday. We were playing that game on the Thursday day off Friday, give them a bit of free time, and then we travelled on the Saturday. So we wanted to, to get up to speed and... and they, they wanted to impress the, the players of course they did. Of course it's just they a natural did. thing. Yeah. It's like when we play Astro against... And then the likes of Kev rocks up. <laughs> Everyone raises their game oh. a billion percent, except then, Kev, uh, whose game goes rapidly oh, down. God's sake. I get man-to-man Mark playing five-a-side. I'm like, lads, come on. Just go on a game of football then here. Then he starts getting chippy with people. Like, you know, yeah. he's this narkiest man on the pitch. Is he? Like, is that the part? It's all right. I would be a Mark. I would have always Steve O'Donnell now would be every bit as bad. We had that off the ball game. Not your level, but I'm a moment. We had the off the ball game for the Irish Heart Foundation. Kev spent the whole game chasing the referee around the pitch, giving, <laughs> giving him a go. Yeah, I, it's, <laughs> it, was, it's, it was a fascinating it's, it's great to see the, um, Just one other thing about the coaches in Ireland. I, I find it strange. There's no coach's body or there's no like coach's LinkedIn website where it's like, I'm available for a job mm. or here's my page, mm. this is what I've done. Because there's so many there's so many coaches now. Well, they're forming a manager's association. Yeah, I yeah. think Keith Long speaking about that, yeah. wasn't he? I, I that, think it'd yeah. be interesting because you know, when you look at the 13s, 15s, 70s, 19s senior teams, that's that's a, a manager and assistant manager multiplied by 20. Mm. That's 100 coaches straight away. Yeah. Mm. And they have to come from something. And it's like, I we don't probably talk enough about what coaches are really making a name for themselves at underage mm. or, or people that could, because there are obviously a lot of promising coaches out There's there. There's a lot of good work. And you need done. your pro to be in the Premier Division now as well. like Yeah, and then the Elite Day is out as well because every, obviously, League of Ireland club is going to need one of those. Um, but I think with these young players that are coming through, it's, it's for a reason that mm. they've been coached better than we would have been at, yeah. at that type of it's age. Vital. They're more evolved. And mm-hmm. by the time they get to that stage, they're able to bring them on another notch. And it's credit to the coaches at that level that they're they're bouncing through. I think mm. there's some outstanding coaches in this country. The uh, the ladies' game as well. Um, obviously, the Colin Bell has left. Lisa Fallon as well, we should mention, um, got a job with Chelsea, um, made the switch from Cork City, who had a pro license, one of the few, I think, at Cork. But uh, the ladies' job, is that like an attractive job for someone now um, in terms of... Obviously, Phil Neville, the the you know the mm. kudos he's getting from the England um, role at the moment. We were touching on it off air, weren't we? His profile has gone through the the roof off the back of what he's achieved, and I think does that matter in the men's game though? Does, does some club think, oh well, it's the you know is there still the snobbery? Like, well, he might be able. I don't to know whether it's snobbery, but I think it's just more on everybody's radar now, isn't mm. it? The women's game, and obviously the World Cup will, will have helped massively with that. I've interacted. On, a, on events and functions with the FAI over the last year or two with, with some of the, the women's senior internationals. And I, I, I'm the first to admit, I didn't know the struggles that they'd had down through the years and the lack of profile the game has, the struggles they've had. And I think now mm. it's getting to a stage where it, it's getting there, probably not as quickly as, mm. as everyone would like, but it's certainly getting there. I think there's a worry at the moment as well that we could actually go backwards with the women's game here as well. And I know we're, we're going off topic a bit, I suppose, here now. Because of the troubles that we have within the FBI, it's it's important that we actually keep everyone on the same sort of path because it has been raising the profile, as you say. The Women's, Women's World Cup now at the moment, if you've been watching it, 
I mean, it's the, the level of, of profile they're getting. Every newspaper now mm. you're opening, you know, every every sort of second ad that's coming on TV. Oh, never the case, but next it? game, no. no. So it's going to be a huge growth area, women's sports. It's, a great, it's yeah. a great opportunity, yeah. Mm. Definitely. Like, I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot up for grabs at the moment in terms of Irish football, mm. and like you have and, to. And uh, I'm thinking generally, it's not, yeah. it's not, it's not us sat here just looking, you know, just a, a PR thing, whatever it would be. I think, I think there is a genuine interest of watching football and seeing how it's developed. Yeah. And I think so. We, you touched on Phil Neville. Phil Neville now. I, I was ta- I was talking to Phil before he got the job. I was talking to him at the World Cup last year. He felt as though he couldn't get a job. He was struggling. He was struggling to. He was at a bit of a crossroads, thinking, right, what am I going to do? Am I going to go back coach? Am I going to go back trying to maybe work my way up in youth football? And he was offered the chance, and it's it's been great for him. And I know, good lad. Yeah, good lad. Very good lad. Mm. Really good. I've known Phil since I was about fifteen. Used to play against him when I was a kid. So, um, yeah, good lad. Yeah. Just, just, what's your own coaching um, aspirations? Are you going to go down that road? Kev. Well, I have been, I've been down that road, and I've got I've got none at the moment. No, and I don't I don't I'd take the ladies' job. <laughs> Kilban linked with Ireland. Uh, no, no. I tell you what, Kilban what, linked with Ireland you know, ladies' I, job. Yeah. yeah. Do you know I I, I maybe I go I could go off on a tangent. Uh, I I'd spoke to Dan. I'd done an interview with Dan a while ago about it, and I was coaching at Hull, and I thought that's where I was going to be going through, and few personal problems at the time. I just wasn't maybe in a position to carry on after Nicky Barnby was sacked at Hull. And I had to maybe I had to get a hold of myself and start to maybe cop on a little bit and think, look, where am I going to go? And I just decided, look, I got a chance to work with the BBC. I got a chance to do stuff over here when I was working. I was working in here with her at times. I was working with um, with TV3 and things like that. And I just thought, look, just follow that and see where it goes. And you know what? Now I'm happy with the flexibility it gives me. I love going to games. I love working at games. And... I'm getting the chance to go and do things that I maybe didn't didn't think I would be doing. So Is that a I, yes I, or no? Are you going coaching? Uh, no plans. No, no immediate plan. plans. But no, you're not uh, ruling it out kind of in the future. No, I, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't rule it out. And I, I, I loved it for the season I was doing it at Hull. You know, I, I was coaching the likes who lads were up there. Robbie Brady. I remember what a buzz it was for me when I got Alan Brown over at 15 years of age telling Nicky Barnby that we should sign him immediately and they wouldn't pay €2,500. €2,500 it was to sign Alan Brown. From Ringmahan Rangers, That's crazy. they wouldn't take it. Hull, we, we Hull wouldn't sign him, and I was like, "Lads, you're crazy." He's better than any of the lads we've got on our youth team. And then about a year or so later, he signed to Preston, and I'm delighted. And it was just little things like that. That's the buzz that you get. We, what, what we were at Preston when he, when he got man of the match against um, Norwich, wasn't? It? No, sorry, against Wolves. Uh, Wolves. Wolves. And, um, Wolves yeah. You could actually, in fairness, you could see Alan Brown. His eyes lit up when he saw you, and you still, you, you obviously would inspire a lot of young players as well because they remember you from from your Ireland days. Because obviously not that old, but. Um, <laughs> You know, I, would you coach like even like underage? Based? I, th- I think I think if well if I if I were ever to get back into coaching, it would have to be underage. I think that's the way it's got to be. I think um, you couldn't you wouldn't necessarily walk into any sort of job if if that's where I was going to go. Mm. But it did give me a buzz when I was coaching. It, it it really did working with a lot of the lads when I was at Hull. I did I did enjoy it. I did to enjoy hold it. back. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's not, re- that's yeah. not very good, John. But uh, yeah. we, we, we loads more questions. We're not really going to really get through game. them all. <laughs> quite, quite a few. Uh, quite Keith a few. Must, got, must have gotten the reference. Quite a, quite a, quite a few <laughs> off-topic ones as well. There's a couple of Leeds United ones for Keith. We won't be going there today. Yeah, actually, you have two questions. No, no, two no questions we're not. We're not. We're not doing that. Do you it's hate topic. Leeds? And or why do you hate Leeds? <laughs> <laughs> we're not having that topic today. <laughs> Rory Gilson for Kilban, Lemur, Noel. I mean, oh, that's a straightforward one, isn't it? Oh no, he's, he's deliberating. No, it's no for me. Yeah, it's no. no. Phil or Gary? <laughs> <laughs> Phil. Julie. <laughs> Neville. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sean O'Kelly, for Andrews, for Keith, as a former Bolton player, does teams who are financial, in financial difficulty in England 
like situations where they can't pay their staff. And you do hear about more of this mm. in the football league now. Is that sort of a warning sign of any League of Ireland players thinking of going across as well? That you have to be a bit wary of the environment over there. Type of club, Berry as well, being a prime example, just got turfed out. Their, their training ground for not keeping it up, didn't they? At, mm. at uh, Man City's yeah. old training ground, wasn't City, it? Yeah, Carrington. Yeah. And um, you, you have to be aware, wary of it, obviously. But so it's up to the clubs to keep their their house in order. Mm. And I think we've we've had it here in the League of Ireland years gone by. Oh, whereas yeah. there was obviously big troubles where they seem to be now. In the main, I know it's a constant struggle, but they're they're aware of what they have to do, how they need to keep their house in order. Um, but it needs to be the right club that they go out because we've seen you mentioned McElhenney earlier. Is it the right case, yeah. move? Yeah. And we've been speaking off air about certain players. It, it needs to be the right type of club mm. environment that they they can go to, rather than just oh they might get an extra few bob a week because. They'll be quite yeah. be back as quick. But it comes back to the agents and advisors yeah. as well, and people around you. you, you I mean, you probably were seen a little bit on the social media last year. Luke O'Connell has just gone up to Celtic, mm. and where, wherever he's going to be, whether he develops for us or not, we'll see further down the line. But he's been getting so much abuse on social media. He's walked out of a club there where they haven't paid wages. The players would have been the older players, especially under, under severe pressure. And I was seeing all the stuff like calling him a snake and all. The, it's like, but a lot of football fans are complete idiots. Like, so you're telling me I, I'm in my job, haven't been paid for whatever, and I shouldn't leave that job or think about leaving that yeah, job. It's exactly. a job. Like, and he's going well. to Celtic, and you yeah. know he'll he'll probably get a good game time next season, and he's going to get a chance to go and progress. And it's just crazy. It is mm. crazy. Mm. We should uh, we should look ahead to the weekend's games, John. I just mentioned him because we're, time is definitely against us here. Uh, we can't go for 100 minutes for the 100th mm. episode, to be fair. Um, you, on Friday, we've got UCD, Finn Harps, Battle at the Bottom, uh, Waterford, St. Pats, Cork City, Bowes, Shamrock Rovers, Sligo Rovers. Cork City, Bowes live on air. Uh, Johnny's not presenting, though. I think you've Are been, you not, Johnny? No, he's been one, binned no. already. Oh, one um, one yeah. cap wonder. Oh, he's reporting. Oh, right. oh. Am I? <laughs> what? Ladies and gentlemen, is a live yeah. insight into yeah, working with Johnny go. Ward right there. there. Emotion. I have a busy week. Have you um, said yes to going to Cork without actually checking if you're available? Um, possibly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, going yeah. to Eddie Vedder on Wednesday. That's the next okay. thing. And, and I, I didn't mention Derry Dundalk because I think that probably. I mean, Cork Bowls should be interesting, be- but I think Derry Dundalk is the most interesting game of the week for me on Friday. Anyway, well, apparently for me, it's going down to Cork. <laughs> um, but uh, in fairness to Rovers, will be hoping that. Derry really have to get something that game. The Dock are not going to drop points in many games at all. This is a game where they might. Hang on a minute. Um, Do you not say Rovers are going to win the league after yeah. about six games? Ah, we, don't, we don't go there on huh? that, Keith. Keith we're not allowed to go there on that. that. There was a banner Honestly. in the away Cabin section TV last week aimed oh. at Johnny Ward. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> you know, he takes it so personal as well. He's put his neck on the line. He's put his head on the block. And you, you, Johnny, you've got to stand up for, for a man. And it was a guillotine. As I said, 100 episodes. For a man who puts it about, he likes to. He hates being slagged off. Yeah, Johnny, you you, Johnny, you give it. You give <laughs> it. You cannot take it. You can't take it at all, Johnny. I can take it to an extent. Well, but then no, it's you just like yeah. here, we've changed the record. Like, because I don't slag Dan at all. That's the thing. I just don't. I don't get any humour out it's of it. It's not in you. Like you don't have it in you. It's, it's, just, a, it's an admirable personality trait. I just. I, just like, I get no yeah. pleasure in like in the, ah, in Johnny, the sadistic pleasure in the people <laughs> struggling around you. You know. Um, you were ballsy. I'm proud of you. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at Lone against Wexford, just got to mention um, Limerick. Just d- disgraceful situation in Limerick. The way that club is being run. Players leaving now, left, right, and centre. Despite which, they're banging there in the in the race for the top four. Um, can, can they can they leave on freeze? Can they can they go on uh, freeze yeah. now? As it's yeah, 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 I think they've one yeah. player. They're they're playing Longford Town on. Um, 
interesting as well. They Friday, they, they, yeah. they they actually played Shell's last one a little bit, missed a penalty in that game, and I think Tommy Barrett was very frustrated after this. I don't know how he's keeping his wits about him at all, but uh, Galway United against Shelburne. Fully expect Galway United, despite being uh, third last, to give Shells a good game. Drogheda versus Cove Ramblers, um, Cabin Teeley versus Bray Wanderers, a bit of a derby game there, Athlone uh, versus Wexford. Um, should mention, Dan, as well, I was up in Ballymena last uh, oh, yeah. week. I was going to get a Vox Pop for two reasons, pure laziness. Uh, and the second... Another insight into working with Johnny Ward. But I yeah. genuinely don't think anyone would understand any of the Ballymena fans. I've never heard an accent like it. It's absolutely <laughs> insane <laughs> the way they... It's a cross I thought between... I shouldn't like slagging people off, John. But anyway, oh, go yeah. on. Oh, yeah. the, no, the Ballymena accent, it, there's a rep, it has a reputation, that particular... It's kind of a cross between like Scottish and like Belfast, <laughs> but like with a farmer-type accent in between. Absolutely <laughs> insane. Absol honest to God, look up the Ballymena accent. But not, that notwithstanding, I was really impressed. Um, there was like... Big, big crowd at the game. Um, loads of people in Ballymena jerseys. Really nice stadium. Mm. Two lovely stands. I heard you talking about this last week. So I don't know I heard you talking about it, actually. But you, you were mentioning it about... You were obviously doing a little bit of research for uh, yeah. for this... All uh, Island for the All Island League. David yeah. Jeffrey was, uh, was, uh, is obviously their manager. But very well-coached team. And up next to them is Malmo. And um, obviously Pat Finn, who was on last night. They've got Rosenberg-Linfield next week. So a few big games for the Irish League clubs. But uh, very impressed by um, the Ballymena showgrounds. Really, really impressed. Um, we should mention again, we are celebrating our first episode our 100th episode we'll have a special prize of two air sport box tickets to Ireland v Switzerland uh, when is that on actually September September, September. Yeah. Uh, for the best review on iTunes referencing your favourite moment or moments over the 100 episodes we'll announce the winner uh, on Twitter this Friday who have you up next for the 21s when is your Armenia, next game Armenia uh, and then Sweden away Armenia and Tala when is that uh, first week of September. So you, okay, because so there's going to be a lot of interest in that campaign. I get the feeling that a lot of people will go to the games. Mm. I'm looking mm. forward to it. We've got a very intense few months, so we've played six games: September, October, November. So mm. it'll be it'll be full on. Uh, Armenia at home on the Friday night, and then Sweden away on the Tuesday, which will obviously be tough. Mm. Kevin, tense few months ahead for you. Yeah, as ever, John. Yeah, yeah. going well, to are you going to the Galway Mayo game on Saturday? I don't know if I am. Mm. I don't know if I've. I think I need to be down in uh, in Wexford this week. This weekend, actually, I don't know. Um, Wexford, yeah. Some long story. Some gig. Some gig. <laughs> no, it's not actually. Some man. It's, it's actually a favour, but um, no. Uh, but no, John. No, I don't think I can. I don't think I can this week. I'm good to actually because I wanted to go. I don't know why it's been arranged there, but that's the, we're, we're going well off topic yeah. there now. Tell, tell us more about Wexford. What's happening next? Oh, no, I've just got to do, I've just got to do something for a friend. Ah, um, <laughs> that clarifies that. If you see yeah. Kevin Wexford... Well, it's for Humpty. I'm going down for Stephen Hunt. Ah, so yeah. Humpty yeah. actually did ring him during the show. Yeah, that well. makes sense. Uh, all makes sense. He was at the game last night. Humpty probably won a bit of bit of profile for it. He's pub, tied pub, so oh, he's yeah. got something on the, on Saturday. So he Either that or he's, he's on for a number of Preston or something. You wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, but could, that's probably he, true he, as well. He could be up for anything. He's rang me about three times now, so he's up to something. Right, OK. Thanks very much for coming in, lads. No worries. And best of luck, with the 20. Ones. Cheers, Paul. And um, thanks for listening. But there are limits to your life.